Good morning. It's gloomy out there, but not in here, okay? Let's, let's feel the energy. Will you stand with us? We are made new in Jesus Christ. Let's sing about that this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. Hey, good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Man, it's so good to see you all today. Thank you for not letting the rain keep you away from this place. It's good. We're so thankful that you're here. And I know how stormy weather makes me, it makes me want to sleep. So today, at any point during the sermon, um, if your neighbor falls asleep, feel free to reach over, grab them by the shoulders, and just shake them till they wake up, okay? 
because I know that's probably what Billy Fuller is going to be doing to me in front of me today. Okay, so it's good. It's so good to see you guys. I'm so thankful that you're here today. We are here to do one thing, one thing only, and that is to give all glory, honor, and praise to Jesus today. Because we are thankful for what he has done for us on the cross and, and where we are now because of him. I'm so thankful for that. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're prepared because God has something truly special for us today. I want to uh, welcome our first time guest. If you are a guest here, thank you so much for joining us today. There's a little connect card in the chair back in front of you. If you could fill that out um, and then right after service, take it out these back doors and one of us will be there to meet you, tell you about our church and, and how you can plug in and connect, okay? Love you guys, been praying for you all week. I want to invite you all to stand. We're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. Let's do it. Lord, I love you. Um, thank you so much for your, your loving grace and mercy on us, God. I'm so thankful for what you've done on the cross for us. And uh, because of you, we have been made new. and We have new identity and we have victory over death today. And so, Lord, I cherish you. I lift you up. I give you all honor and praise, God. And I pray for salvation today in this room. That if there is somebody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, their personal Lord and Savior, to have you as their best friend, Lord, I pray that they come to a realization of how much they need you. They are encouraged by the message of your love and that they receive you as their own. We love you. Be with us. And may your Holy Spirit invade this place today. Not just a room, but our hearts as well and our families and our our friends and in our homes. We love you in your name. Amen. Greet those around you and we'll uh, get started here in a couple of seconds.
your hands, our feet are on the rock. Oh, Christ is solid rock, I stand all of the ground is sinking sand, so stop your feet. Clap your hands, our feet are on the rock.
just his creation, who we are. We are his beloved. And that's a great thing that he did. Um, I was reading this week and the Lord brought to my mind Isaiah 53, 6. I learned as a kid, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Uh, the Bible compares us to sheep that's how we act. We wander and um, we look in other pastures and sometimes we don't realize that we need God until we find ourselves in a difficult place. And then our eyes are open when we um, realize that we can't take care of a situation by ourselves, right? And so we look around and we realize we're in a place that we don't even know how, like how did I even get here um, how did I wander this far off the enemy is lurking and I am just convinced more and more he's after our young people he's after their minds he's after their hearts but not just them he's after every one of us and he feeds us these lies and this poison. And if we're not so careful, we find ourselves in a pasture that's not recognizable. And so my prayer for you today is that you wake up. Wake up and look around. The enemy is in sheep's clothing, but he's a wolf. The Bible tells us that the devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's why he is here. And it's subtle. So I just want you to look. Look at your life this morning as we sing this last song. Lord, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. And maybe you're busy with life and you haven't realized that you have a need for God. So this morning, it's just my prayer that you just look around and make sure you're right in the fold, that you're right where you need to be. Will you sing with us this morning? Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you.
that you'll remove any distraction and help us to focus on what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Lord, grip our hearts this morning. Anybody in this room today is in a pasture that they don't need to be in. God, it's just my prayer that you'll open their eyes, let them see the enemy all around, and that you are our only hope. You are our only defense. You are our righteousness. Lord, we come to you this morning, and we're thankful that you leave the 99 and go and get the one. Lord, I just pray that if there is a one that's here today, that they will come to you. We praise you in this place for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And all the people said, amen. amen. Hey, glad you're here today. God bless you for coming. Uh, Brother Jason is not here this morning. He is preaching for Brother Blake Rainwater at the Maple Free Will Baptist Church just north of Muldrow. So whisper a prayer for him. He's probably started his message by now. Let's pray for Brother Jason. In fact, let me pray for him and again for you very quickly. Lord, we love you. I pray that you'd bless Brother Jason as he preaches to the good people at Maple Free Will Baptist. I pray that they would have decisions for you this morning. And dear Lord, as I preach today to the good folks at Kavanaugh, I pray, dear Lord, that you would stir our hearts and bring us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, good to have you today. I, I, am, I am a cowboy at heart, okay? Uh, my granddad, Whitmire, if he was still alive, he was a real cowboy. He would call me a drugstore cowboy, right? Because uh, I, I want to be, but I'm not, I'm not really. I, I don't know if you know the song, Home on the Range. Anybody know? Have you ever heard of Home on the Range? That is the national anthem of all cowboys, Home on the Range. Probably what you don't know is the man who wrote it was Dr. Brewster Higley. He was an ear, nose, and throat doctor from Iowa. He wrote Home on the Range in the early 1870s while he was in Smith County, Kansas. I thought about singing it for you this morning, but uh, I'm, I might break out into song. I don't know. It starts out pretty good. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, and seldom is heard a discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day. Boy, it sounds like a great place to live. I'm convinced it doesn't exist. There are no more buffalo. The deer and the antelope are running because of hunters out there. I've already heard a dozen discouraging words this morning. And it's been raining outside. You know, the point is we all face discouragement. Anybody in this room kind of discouraged right now and willing to admit it? Okay, okay. Well, thank you, thank you. How many of you have ever been discouraged? Everybody raise your hand because we all face that. 
We all battle discouragement from time to time. Somebody once said, all discouragement is from the devil. And if that be true, it means that it is all the more potent and we do have an enemy, Miss Angie, and he is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And more than anything else for a believer, he wants to heavy your heart with discouragement. At the beginning of the 20th century, Great Britain became involved in a war in the south of Africa. Uh, th there was uh, one very interesting detail that came out of the records of that war that relate to our subject of discouragement today. It is the only time that I've ever read about in which a person was charged and convicted specifically of the crime of being a discourager. It happened in a South African town named Ladysmith. The town was under heavy attack and this particular man would move up and down the line of soldiers who were defending the city and do everything he could to discourage them. He would point out the enemy's strengths and the difficulties of defending the city and how the odds were stacked against them. He never touched a gun. He never hurled a grenade. He used no weapon except the weapon of discouragement. But let me tell you, it was very effective. He was eventually arrested and charged with being a discourager. First service, they laughed at that. I tell you what, I've known people like that, haven't you? You can't be in ministry for all your adult life and not run into some discouragers. And let me just quickly say, if you are one of those people, would you please stop it? But my point is that it isn't primarily a matter of our being discouragers. No, what we're talking about this morning is the devil's work. He is the great discourager who walks back and forth in front of your life and my life 24-7 trying to discourage us. He whispers in our ear. He oppresses our heart. He keeps us awake at night. He unnerves us. And he is the source and the force of those waves of discouragement that sometimes seems to hit us from all sides at once. Well, we have an answer to discouragement. It's found in the Word of God, specifically in the book of Proverbs. I've been preaching on Wednesday nights from the book of Proverbs, and as I prepared a message for this week, this one just kind of jumped out at me. I'd like to show you five passages that deal with this subject of discouragement and five principles that we can take from these five passages. So would you bear with me? Let's get into these five things that can really lighten your load today. Are you ready? Well, fasten your seatbelt and let's dive into the book of Proverbs. Principle number one, it is a shame to be as weak as we are. Nobody's willing to admit that, are you? You think you're strong. Now, let me tell you, it's a shame to be as weak as we are. I want to show you one of the most frustrating and convicting verses in all of the book of Proverbs as far as I'm concerned. It's found in Proverbs 24, verse 10. It says, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? If you become discouraged, if you falter when trouble arises in your life, 
how small is your strength? Now, when I preach from a passage of Scripture, I will read that verse from different translations. And it was interesting as I read it from several translations this week. In fact, let me share a couple of those with you. The Living Bible translates this verse. You are a poor specimen if you can't stand the pressure of adversity. Or what about Christian Standard Version? If you do nothing in a difficult time, your strength is limited. The contemporary English version says, don't give up and be helpless in times of trouble. And then you got to love the message. It says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Hmm. Sometimes the Bible is very blunt, is it not? And I will admit that I cave into discouragement way too frequently. Somebody in passing can just say a discouraging word to me and my day falls apart. Something bad can happen to me and all of a sudden I'm in the pit of discouragement. My inner strength gives out and I wonder why. Why, why does this have happened to me? Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, listen to me, I have everything I need in Christ. So let me be a little blunt here and ask, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with all of us? We have all the promises of God, enough promises for every day of the year. We have the presence of Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of our bodies and our souls. So you tell me, why in the world are we so weak? I mean, it is a shame to be as weak as we are when we have all there is in Jesus Christ. That's the message of Proverbs 24.10. If you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? So you know what we need to do, Brent? We need, we need to do some heavy weight lifting today. We need to strengthen those faith muscles because every one of us We'll find ourselves in a fight with the devil who wants to bring discouragement into our heart. Number one, I'll tell you what, it certainly is a shame to be as weak as we are. Number two, it's a sin to stay down when we fall down. Look at Proverbs 24, 16. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. This verse out of the CEV says, even if good people fall seven times, they'll get back up. But when trouble strikes the wicked, it's the end of them. And again, I love the message. No matter how many times you trip them up, God loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their faces. It, it, it's not a sin to fall into discouragement. It becomes a sin when we don't get back up and we just stay down. Now, the word seven in this verse isn't meant to be taken literally. It's like when Peter asked Jesus, should I forgive my brother seven times? In the biblical culture, seven was a number of completion. And it meant an infinite or indefinite number of times. So here's the point the writer of Proverbs is making. 
no matter how many times you fall into that pit of discouragement, you've got to keep getting back up. God's people keep getting back up. They're not going to stay down in the ditch. They get back up. Now, I've used this verse many times in counseling people who were dealing with an addictive sin. They come into my office and, and they say, I've, I've done it again, preacher. I've fallen again. I've committed that same sin again. What do I do? And we go through it again. I say, well, number one, you got to confess it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you confess your sin and then you turn from it. You walk out of here with a determination. You know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to stop doing the things that I've been doing that have gotten me into this sin. And then you're just going to get right back up and you're going to keep going. Don't ever give in, I tell them. Don't ever give up. Y'all are a hard crew this morning. I was hoping this would turn into a church pep rally. Don't give in. Don't give up. But you know what, it's not just a matter of falling into the sins of the flesh. It's also true about the sins of the Spirit. We're all going to fall from time to time into that ditch of discouragement. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to fall into that pit of disappointment, into the pit of depression, into the pit of self-pity. Now again, it's not a sin to fall into discouragement. It becomes a sin when we just stay there. All the biblical heroes found themselves in dark places at one time or another. They all felt discouragement. Jacob said, all these things are against me. Have you ever felt like that? When everything and everyone was against you and everything was going against you and not your way. Anybody? Jacob felt that way. He was discouraged. Moses said, Lord, how can I lead these stinking people? I added the word stinking there. It didn't really say that, but I think that's what he was thinking. He was frustrated and discouraged because of these complaining people. Elijah said, I alone am left, and they are seeking to take my life as well. Can you feel the discouragement there? John the Baptist said to Jesus, are you he who should come? Or do we have to keep looking for someone else? The Apostle Paul said, fears within, conflicts without. And even Jesus, our Savior, said, now is my soul troubled, what shall I say? Let me tell you, discouragement is a part of life, and the devil is out there trying to discourage us. But when the Word of God is in your brain... You've memorized it, and the Spirit of God is in your heart. You can't keep a good Christian down. Amen. So it's only a sin when you stay down after you've fallen down. Proverbs 20, 10, 25, and 30 says, When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. The righteous will never be uprooted. They just keep getting back up. I, I, I love the definition of success given by Winston Churchill. He said, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. 
And sometimes that is what life is. It's one failure after another, but you've just got to keep getting back up. I, I think there's something that rings true about that. Just the ability to keep up our morale, to keep up our hopes, to keep our spirits up in a difficult time is success from God's perspective. For it is the exercise of faith that rests firmly in his promises amid all of the discouragements of life. It's a shame to be as weak as we are. Yes, we admit that. It's a sin when we stay down after we've fallen down because we need to be getting back up. Number three, it sure is a blessing to have an encouraging friend. Huh? Look at Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother or sister is born for adversity. In other words, God gives us brothers and sisters who support us and encourage us when we face adversity. And man, I need that in my life, don't you? I need people to speak encouragement into me. I was flipping through the channels the other night. Anybody do that? How many of you are flippers? You get the remote and all you do is just flip, flip, flip. Drives Miss Angie crazy. I'll, I'll get on a show and just watch maybe seven, eight minutes of it where she's really into it, and then I'll flip it because I think there's something else better on. I, w I was in that range of, of cable channels that, uh, that deal with sports, athletics, and, and I've, I've come across these channels before. They're, they're kind of related to horsemanship and horses, and, and there was a horse trainer on this channel. He was, he was talking about training your horses, and I thought, hey, Gary, I might need this someday. I'm, who knows? I might buy a horse. And I was intrigued because he was talking about how you, can, how you can train your horse to get in the trailer and out of the trailer. And, and then he was taking questions that had been emailed into him. And, and some guy emailed a question into him and said, I've got a great horse. He does just about anything I ask him to do except cross railroad tracks. He said, I have tried everything I know, but I cannot get my horse to walk across a railroad track. And I'm frustrated. What, what can I do? And so the trainer answered with some helpful ideas, and then he said, in effect, you, you need to stay calm and positive with your horse because human frustration and discouragement can rub off on your horse. And I wrote that down real quick. Human frustration and discouragement can rub off on your horse. Not that I'm going to buy a horse. I thought that's going to be a great sermon illustration one day. Well, if frustration and discouragement can spread from us to a horse, think how easily it can spread from us to somebody else. And the devil can use you as a pawn to discourage other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't let that happen. Because let me tell you, one word ill-spoken at the wrong time can ruin your day. Or one word spoken at the right time that is encouraging can also change your day for the good. I'm not a very good poet, but I got a couple of points for you today. Listen to this one. It takes so little to make us sad. 
That's not the whole point, but I want you to get that. It takes so little to make us sad. Just a sliding word, a doubtful sneer, just a scornful smile on some lips held dear. And our footsteps lag, though the goal seems near. And we lose the joy and hope we had. It takes so little to make us sad. It takes so little to make us glad. Just a cheering clasp of some friendly hand. Just a word from one who could understand. And we finish the task we so long had planned. We lose the fear and doubt we had. It takes so little to make us glad. That's truth. That's truth. Let me tell you, you are going to be one or the other in the lives of other people. Those in your family, those at work those at school, those in your home, those here at the church. You, you can be that discourager. You can say that negative word that brings people down, discourages them and ruins their day. Or on the other hand, you can become an encourager. And even though everything is pale and dark and gloomy, you can say that encouraging word. Well, let me tell you, we need more encouragers I read a story just last night before I went to bed about two men who were in the hospital together in the same room. They didn't know each other. They just got put in the same room together. One man was over by the window, and, and they inclined his bed because he needed to be able to, to breathe and, and let his lungs let go of the fluid that were hanging out in there. The other man across the room was flat on his stomach. He had a special bed with a hole in his face and he had to lay flat on his belly couldn't get up couldn't look couldn't see anything well the first day they started talking to each other and kind of became friends and and the guy over by the window said hey let me tell you what's out the window and he started describing the, the beautiful day and and the trees and the flowers and the squirrels and the animals and the people walking by and it was so cheerful it encouraged the guy flat on his stomach the next day, the guy on his stomach said, hey, what's happening out the window? And so the guy by the window started explaining all the great things that he saw out the window. That night, the guy by the window passed away. The next morning, they, they wheeled his body out, and it was only the guy left in the room who was flat on his belly. But he asked the nurse, could you move me over by the window? I can't see out the window, but I, I, I want to be in that spot. I want to be closer to the window. And so the nurse moved his bed over there. And Gail, with everything he had, he, he pulled himself up. And on his elbow, he looked out the window, and he couldn't believe what he saw. There was a window. But all he saw was the wall of the building next to them. He couldn't see anything. There's, there was no grass. There were no trees. There were no people. And a little bit confused, when the, when the nurse came back in later, he, he asked her, he says, what, what, what is going on here? The, the, the guy that was over here before would tell me everything happening out the window, and, and he described the, the birds in the sky and the trees and the grass. And, and the nurse kind of chuckled a little bit and said, well, that's not out that window. And he couldn't see it even if it was because he was blind. <laughs> And here's what the nurse said. He, he must have just been trying to encourage you. Well, I tell you what, we need those encouragers. 
I do. I do. Thank God for encouraging people. Church, let me just stop right here and thank you for the encouragement you've given me this week. I have received more encouragement this week than, than any other week that I've been here in 25 years. And, and it's all from the sermon, last Sunday sermon. Can I tell you, I wrote that sermon, and on last Sunday morning when I got up, I almost didn't preach that sermon. But I preached it anyway. And, and I'll just I'll say, I, I don't think it was that great of a sermon myself, but I have had more response and more comments and more encouragement from that one sermon than from any sermon I've ever preached in my life. I've had phone calls. I've had personal conversations. I've had emails and text messages. I have had notes sent to me in the old... Did any of y'all ever mail anything anymore? I've gotten a couple of letters this week of, of encouraging words. And let me tell you, it has done my heart well to be encouraged by you. Thank you for your encouragement. I want to be that kind of a person. I want to encourage others. Every day I pray, Lord, help me to be a blessing to you today and help me to also be a blessing to someone else today. Because I don't know what you're going through. But if the Holy Spirit says to me, Will, you need to encourage Virgil. He's he's having a tough day today. Encourage Virgil. I want to be the kind of believer who hears the Holy Spirit and passes that encouragement on to him. Our God is a great God. And he loves us, his sons and daughters. We need to be encouraging to each other. That brings me to number four. It is a refuge to trust the infallible word of God. As I read through the book of Proverbs, one of the things that surprises me is that even though this is not a book of theology like Romans or Ephesians, even though it is arguably the most practical nuts and bolts book in the Bible, there are here and there flashes of incredible doctrine. And in chapter 30 of Proverbs, we have one of the simplest and clearest and most profound statements found anywhere in Scripture on the subject of the infallibility and the inerrancy of the Word of God. Here it is, Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Every word, every word in this book is flawless. This is the inerrant, inspired word of God, from God to you. It reminded me of what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. It gives us a wonderful name for the Holy Bible in Hebrews 12, 5. It calls it the word of encouragement. That's what the Bible is, the word of encouragement that addresses sons and daughters. It's the word of encouragement. The old Bible commentator Matthew Henry once said, a single text, well understood and rightly applied, at once destroys a temptation and subdues the most formidable adversary. And again, I want you to remember, who is it that brings discouragement into our life? It's our adversary, the devil, the one who wants to take you out of this fold into a strange pasture 
to destroy your heart, your soul, your family. And he can do it through this act of discouragement. The devil hates you. He wants to destroy you. He will use every tool available at his disposal. And one of these tools is discouragement. So when the devil does that, when he brings a discouragement to your mind, to your brain, to your thought, immediately go to God's word. His infallible word of encouragement. This book will combat the discouragement the devil brings into your life. Go go home today if you're discouraged. Go home today and read the book of Proverbs. As I've preached on this on Wednesday nights, I've told the congregation, it takes you about an hour to read through the book of Proverbs, all 31 chapters, and what an encouragement it is. Verses like we've read today will help you deal with discouragement. In fact, I brought a challenge a few Wednesday nights ago. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, one for every day. So every day, take that corresponding proverb and read it right before you go to bed. Today is the 9th of July. So tonight, before you go to sleep, read Proverbs chapter 9. If you're really discouraged, go home and read the entire book. Takes you 55 minutes to do it. That discouragement will flee. And right after you read Proverbs, go to read the book of Philippians. It's the book of joy. (laughs) And you can replace that discouragement with God's joy. Thank God for Christian friends who encourage me, but thank God for the Word of God that encourages me as well. Finally, number five, it's a Savior who promises us victory. Look at the last part of Proverbs 21, 31. The verse says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. I love that phrase, victory rests with the Lord. Many years ago, there was a Christian writer who had a column in the paper. His name was C.L. Paddock. And his column on August the 10th, 1937, told of this young Christian who had been in the First World War. This young soldier became separated from the main body of troops, and he found himself surrounded by the enemy for several days. His food ran out, then his water ran out, and he began to think that the only way of survival was to surrender to the enemy. But that night he prayed earnestly, Lord, what should I do? And he decided to fire his last shell into the air as a signal to his friends, his comrades. After the shell exploded, there was nothing to do but wait. In the morning, he heard the buzz of an airplane overhead, and then a package was dropped with a canteen of water. Attached to the package was a little note that said, don't give up, we're coming. Every day for several days, a plane would pass over. It would drop down supplies of food and water, just like Elijah's ravens did when he was at the brook. And there was always a note. Things like, hold on. Don't give up. We'll be there. Keep up your spirits. We're coming. And after a few days, there was the roaring of guns and the marching of the infantry And that lost soldier was rescued, and victory came at last. What a great little story. 
Church, I want you to know we're surrounded by the enemy. And yes, there are some days that are discouraging. And we get depressed. And we feel self-pity. And we want to give up. But God drops down a message from heaven, just like he's dropping down this message to you today. And he says, don't give up. I'm coming. God has not promised skies always blue, flowers strewn, pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. God has not promised we shall not know toil and temptation, trouble and woe. He has not told us we shall not bear many a burden, many a care. But God has promised strength for today, rest for the laborer, light for the way, grace for our trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. Thank God for a Savior who cares for us. I want you to look at me. Everybody look at me. Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. And Jesus knows what you're going through today. He knows the discouragement the disappointment, the depression. And he wants to make you stronger. He wants to help you get up from the pit you're in. He may do that through an encouraging word, maybe this encouraging word that I'm speaking to you right now. He does it through his word. And he does it because he is a Savior who loves you. So would you do me a favor this morning? Do yourself a favor. Gather up all the discouragement that you have in your life right now. Drag it down to the altar and give it to Jesus. (laughs) You will not believe the burden that will be lifted off your shoulders and the joy you can leave here with. Would you do that right now? Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be in this room with each one of us. Help us, dear Lord, to know you are a Savior who cares. You care about us individually. You know us by name. You know everything about us. You know what we're going through right now. You know the pain in our heart, the hurt in our lives. Lord, I I pray that we would be strong enough this morning to bring our burdens to you and to leave them at the cross of our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're about to do in the lives of so many people. I praise you and I thank you for that, Lord. If there's anyone in this room who needs to become a Christian to accept Jesus as their Savior, I pray that they would do it today. Lord, if there are those here who are burdened with sin, they They know they're living in sin. They know that they've messed up. They know that things are not right between you and them. I pray that they would come and deal with that, Lord, that they would confess their sins and receive your forgiveness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to lead us in a song. As you stand up, why don't you step out? Come on, bring your problems to Jesus. Lord, we do need you every moment of every day. And I pray, dear God, that as we cry out to you this morning, you would hear our prayer. May the discouragement vanish and may we have joy in our heart. Give us the joy of Jesus, the joy of knowing the Lord. Give us that peace that passes all understanding. Help us to deal with life and the frustrations of living in this sinful world on victory side. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I'm going to read a couple of cards and then I got a few announcements and reminders I want to share with you. This first one says, thank you so much for the beautiful plant, the prayers and visits in regards to the passing of Alan Dobbs. We love and appreciate our church family, our church for life. This is from Kurt, Sherry, and Noah Dieter on the passing of his dad. Uh, please continue to pray for the Dieter family. Then we have an encouraging card. Let me read this one. Dear Kavanaugh Church family, we want to thank everyone so much for the love and support you've shown us as we anticipate the arrival of our first child. Your generosity and your prayers mean the world to us. We can't wait for our baby to meet our wonderful family of faith here at Kavanaugh Church, Devin and Catherine Dundee. And we're ready for that little baby to come. Catherine, are you ready? Yes. All right. Fantastic. When you walk out the doors, if you're a member of Kavanaugh, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. 
Come back Wednesday night. We have church for all age groups. Naomi's friends are going to meet tomorrow at Eunice's, 1 p.m. So if you're in the congregation, uh, a lady who has lost her husband, uh, come and join Naomi's friends. It's, It's a support group that gives strength to these ladies. Also, also, uh, pickleball. Anybody ever play pickleball? You were in a pickleball tournament, weren't you? I saw anybody else play pickleball? Anybody like pickleball? You like? It's a new fad. Everybody's playing pickleball. Not to be left out, Kavanaugh now has a pickleball team. Or you can come and play pickleball Saturdays at 3 o'clock in our gym. Just come and enjoy, enjoy playing pickleball. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Do what? Pickles. I can't hear. I can't. Pickleball. Pickles to eat. There you go. Maybe we could give that to the winning team. Fantastic. On a serious note, I want to say to Billy Fuller and his family, we love you guys and and, uh, we grieve for you. Uh, Billy's mama passed away and uh, for this entire Fuller family. We know where Sister Barbara is. She's in heaven, walking down streets of gold, uh, but we lift you up knowing that you're grieving and uh, we want to encourage you today, brother. So God bless you guys. Hope you all have a fantastic week. I think it may have stopped raining, so go jump in a puddle. <laughs>